I'm Dave. I'm William. And this is the Digital Marketing Lab Podcast. Digital Marketing Lab podcast is brought to you by Nozak Consulting. Nozak Consulting is our digital marketing agency that helps grow businesses by leveraging search. We use best-in-class search engine optimization combined with content marketing, social media marketing, and social media management. We've helped countless businesses expand their reach online and drive stronger revenue. What makes Nozak Consulting different from other marketing agencies out there is our customized approach for each specific business we partner with, which is based on a foundation of in-depth research and market analysis. No cookie-cutter marketing campaigns here. If you've been frustrated with the lack of ROI from your current marketing strategy, contact Nozak Consulting today. NozakConsulting.com Today I'm going to talk to you about turning your flywheel. This is coming from Jim Collins, the author of Turning Your Flywheel and Good to Great and other amazing books that I've read. So let's talk about turn your flywheel. How do businesses get to good? How do businesses go from good to great? And so in creating a good to great transformation, remember there's no magic bullet. There's no like secret recipe. There's no uh, quick fix. It's all about consistent decisions. And we're going to talk about in this um, conversation, we're going to talk about fire bullets versus cannonballs and how you can use both to your um, advantage. So s- great companies use strategic compounding. Strategic compounding builds greatness. It's um, how you achieve good to great breakthroughs. It's what creates momentum and accelerates momentum. It's like putting a puzzle together. Everybody's got pieces to the same puzzle. We're not working on five different puzzles as teams. What is often seen with business owners is business owners can get into what's called a doom loop. And when a business owner or a business is caught into a doom loop, they're consistently reacting to disappointing results. You've spent a ton of money and didn't get the advertising dollars back or you didn't get the return on investment. So remember, you have to have discipline. Remember the fire bullet strategy. And I'm going to cover the fire bullet strategy. But but business owners and CEOs that are in a doom loop mentality, they're grasping for the new savior. They're looking for a new program. They're trying to leave one agency and go to the next agency. They're looking for a fad or an event or a direction that's just going to be that savior moment. Remember, there are no magic bullets in marketing and business growth. Um, so what happens to these guys is they experience more disappointment. Um, we, we don't want retroactive or reactive uh, decision-making with marketing and, um, and things like that uh, with zero visibility to success and failure, what we want is we want to be data-driven. We want to be calculated, and we want to have discipline. The greatest danger in business and life lies not in outright failure, but in, a, in achieving success without understanding why you were successful in the first place. We see business owners all the time with no visibility into their data analytics, no visibility in Search Console. They don't have an understanding of what the ROI on their ad spend is, and they just blow all this money in multiple directions, really don't see the bigger picture, what their funnel looks like, what their lead nurturing looks like, what their sales process looks like. 
this is the greatest um, mistake here is when we don't really understand um, why we're winning. And we really want to understand why we're winning. So big mistakes. One of the biggest and most common strategic mistakes lies in the failing to aggressively and persistently make the most of victories. You're spending money, investing your capital, time, and resources into getting wins, getting clients, getting business. And remember the old adage, you have to squeeze every drop from the lemon. Every win, we have to maximize all of that from that win. So one reason why some leaders make this mistake is that they become seduced by an endless search for the next big big thing. You don't want to get into that loop of, I'm looking for the next big thing. You really want to maximize every win that you have on your plate at that moment, in that time, during that season. So let's turn our focus to the flywheels. Um, What is a flywheel? And I'm going to show you a couple examples and I'll tell you the steps to creating your own flywheel. So here's Ware Elementary School flywheel, and you can read about this in the book. This school didn't have any ability to retain good teachers or even attract good teachers because they're a military school. Kids are always always feeling inconsistent with where they're at because their parents are getting deployed. They're in. They're out of the base. So the the director of the school created a flywheel for the success of this school, and it worked. He, he realized that at the top, it's select teachers with, infused with passion. He was going to have a hard time getting the most um, experienced teachers, so he went at the most passionate teachers. In the next piece, he said, build collaborative improvement teams. He connected them with experienced teachers so that they could see what's working, what's not working. They can analyze and fix. Assess student progress. How are the te- students doing early and often? And then achieve learning success with every single kid. It's not just a majority of the kids. It was with every kid. Enhance reputation as a great place to teach. Replenish the passionate teacher pipeline. Select teachers infused with passion. He followed this simple recipe and changed everything about this school. And it's real simple. Select teachers infused with passion. Build collaborative improvement teams. Assess student progress early and often. Achieve learning with every kid. Enhance reputation as a great place to teach. Replenish the passionate teacher pipeline. Here's another flywheel, and it's Amazon. And it does feel like Amazon came out of nowhere. And so this is their early on flywheel. Lower prices on more offerings. Increase customer visits. Because we have lower prices and more offerings, we get more visitors. That, in the end, attracts more third-party sellers. Everybody that sells is selling on Amazon. Expand the store so they have distribution in more places, lower delivery times. Grow revenues per fixed costs, lower prices on more offerings. Increase customer visits, attract third-party sellers, expand the store for distribution. Grow revenue per fixed cost, lower prices on more offerings. If you can create a flywheel for your business, you're going to change everything because anything we do, has to stay within these flywheels. And yes, these little components can have flywheels of their own. And yes, each one of these pieces of the flywheel, we have to grade ourselves from a 1 to 10 because each one of these can cause the flywheel to work slower, less efficiently. And we always want to be working to improve all the components of our flywheel. Here's another one for an Intel uh, company or Intel. Design new chips that customers crave. 
Price high before the competition catches up, right? What's one of the the main rules of business? Increase your prices. Yes, we're increasing our value to the customer so that our lifetime value goes up. But right away, usually our prices are too low. So price high before the competition catches up because the competition is always a couple steps behind us. Drive down unit costs. So we've got higher market share. We've got units uh, units of scale, and then we can drive down the unit costs. We, the power with our vendors now is in our hands. So harvest profits even as prices fall because we've got better unit costs. We've already got um, higher margins. Reinvest profits into R&D. Design new chips that customers crave. Price high before the competition catches up. Drive down unit costs. Harvest profits even as prices fall. Reinvest profits into R&D. This is a style of a flywheel that you need to design for your for your own business. So steps to capturing your flywheel. The big thing is your underlying flywheel architecture properly conceived. Step one, create a list of successful replicable successes your enterprise has achieved. This should include new initiatives and offerings that have far exceeded expectations. Number two, compile a list of failures and disappointments. This should include new initiatives and offerings by your enterprise that have failed outright or or fallen far below expectations. Number three, compare the successes to the disappointments and ask, what do these success and disappointments tell us about the possible components of our flywheel? And number four, using the components you've identified, keep it to four to six, sketch the flywheel. Where does the flywheel start? What's the top of the loop? What follows next? And next after that? You should be able to explain why each component follows from the prior component. Outline the path back to the top of the loop. You should be able to explain how this loop cycles back upon itself to accelerate momentum. And step six, if you have more than six components, it's too complicated. Consolidate and simplify to capture the essence of your flywheel. Step six, test the flywheel against your list of successes and disappointments. Does your empirical experience validate it? Tweak the diagram until you can explain your biggest replicable successes as outcomes arising directly from the flywheel and your biggest disappointments as failures to execute or adhere to the flywheel. You're always tweaking the flywheel. It's going to be an evergreen process. Step seven, Test the flywheel against the three circles of your hedgehog concept, which I will cover. But in short, number one, what are you deeply passionate about? Number two, can you be the best in your market or the world at it? And number three, what drives your economic economic or resource engine? So one, what are you passionate about? Two, what drives your economic engine, right? It has to make you money. I was a musician for 10 years, had a great time. It, uh, I was passionate about it. Um, I felt like I could be the best at folk music, but it didn't drive my economic engine. It made it where I had no money. So it needs to fill all three of these right in the center to complete our hedgehog concept. Does the flywheel fit with what you're deeply passionate about, especially the guiding core purpose and enduring core values of the enterprise? I'm hoping that you have core values a vision, a mission, a value proposition of why you're in business other than to just make money. Does the flywheel build upon what you can be the best in the world at? That is step seven. We 
pitted against our hedgehog concept. So to be clear, the big winners in corporate history consistently surpassed a threshold level of innovation required to compete in their industries. But what truly sets the big winners apart was their ability to turn initial success into a sustained flywheel, even if they started out behind the pioneers. You don't have to be the first in your market, and a lot of times you don't want to be. So extending the flywheel. Successful and unsuccessful companies make big bets, but with a huge difference, right? All businesses make bets, and all businesses take risks. There is a major difference, though, between the winners and the losers. The successful ones tend to make big bets after they empirically validate that the bet will pay off. That's the fire bullet strategy I'm going to tell you about. Less successful companies tended to make big bets before having empirical validation. Business owners inherently are risk takers, but it's those that took calculated risk that won more often. So fire bullets versus cannonballs. Suppose that when you see a hostile ship, right, business is war. Read the art of war if you haven't, and think about business. You, th- you see a hostile ship bearing down on you, right? A competition's bearing down on your market share. You take a little bit of gunpowder, and you fire a bullet. It misses by 40 degrees. Thankfully, you didn't shoot a cannonball. You make another bullet, and you fire it. It misses by 30 degrees. Guess what? I shoot again. I calibrate. I miss by 20 degrees. I calibrate. I shoot again. I miss by 10 degrees. You make a third bullet and fire, missing only by 10 degrees. The next bullet hits. Boom. The hull of the oncoming ship. You have empirical validation, a calibrated line of sight. This is how we manage advertising in here, in-house. Our advertisers fire fire bullets. We don't shoot cannons. Google will gladly steal all your money. What you want to do is shoot fire bullets with everything, with, with every strategy. That includes your marketing strategy, your agency. You have to make sure the agency you're working with is a fire bullet agency and not a cannonball agency. And so, and I should say, not a cannonball first agency. Now, you take all that remaining gunpowder because we didn't waste it shooting uh, cannonballs. We have empirical data that we have a dead shot, that we can scale something, that we have something that can get us leads that can turn into sales. Take the remaining gunpowder and fire a big cannonball along the calibrated line of sight, which sinks the enemy ship, right? Think about this through the lens of all the things you're doing, product development, service development, um, marketing strategy. So the only legitimate form of discipline is self-discipline, having the inner will to do whatever it takes to create a great outcome, no matter how difficult. This is how dog this is how dogged and determined business owners have to be to win in, in today's market. So here are some more guiding principles or guiding concepts. One, the rule of and. You don't, it's not this or that. It's not or. It's and. Think in the terms of and or why not. We are creative. We have creativity and discipline. We have freedom and responsibility. We confront the brutal facts and never lose hope. Um, or faith. We have empirical validation and decisive action. We have purpose and profit. Think in terms of and. The Stockdale principle. So the Stockdale principle um, or paradox is you must retain faith that you will prevail. You are going to win. And that's the bottom line. And we will confront the brutal facts of today. 
and get the things that are fixed today. We don't look at the future and just say, we're going to make it regardless. We're looking at the brutal facts today and we're fixing those things. That's the Stockdale paradox. The hedgehog concept. What are you deeply passionate about? What can you be the best in the world at or in your local market? And what drives your economic engine? It has to make money. It has to have margin. It has to make sense economically. Right there in the middle is your hedgehog principle. The 20-mile march. Companies that thrive in a turbulent world self-impose rigorous performance marks to hit with relentless consistency. Like walking across a gigantic continent, like walking across a gigantic continent by marching at least 20 miles a day, every day, regardless of condition, right? Winning in your market, it's like an elephant. You never eat an elephant in one bite. It's the 20-mile march. And fire bullets, then cannonballs. It's fire bullets, then cannonballs. The ability to scale innovation. Anything that you spend money on needs to first be proven to be scalable. Yes, marketing is tricky. Yes, it's multivariate. Yes, it's multi-balls all at once. Yes, it's a soup, and it's sometimes hard to tell what component is bringing the majority of that success. But as we, as we scale our marketing and our cost to acquire a client up, we want to fire fire bullets and not cannonballs. The ability to scale innovation, to turn small proven ideas, bullets, into huge successes, cannonballs. Productive paranoia. This is always asking what if. The only mistake you can learn uh, from are the ones you survive, right? We have lessons and we have successes. We have lessons and successes. If we have failures, um, then we've done something wrong. We have lessons and successes, lessons and lessons and successes. So leaders who navigate turbulence and stave off decline assume that conditions can unexpectedly change violently and fast. They obsessively ask what if, what if, what if this, what if that. By preparing ahead of time, building reserves, preserving a margin of safety, bounding risk, and honing their discipline in good times and bad. Uh, they handle disruptions from a position of strength and flexibility. It's the 20-mile mark. It's the, it's the sticking with what you know works and not being um, reactive. And then clock building versus time telling. L- leading as a charismatic visionary, um, you, you've seen people where it just feels like that person is a genius and they have a thousand helpers and they've got this great organization um, upon which everything depends. That's time telling. Shaping a culture that can thrive far beyond a single leader is clock building. We want to build a machine. That's why we want to have processes. We want to have systems in place. We want to do the same thing with consistency so that we're not time-telling, we're clock building. And then preserve the core. It's so easy to get uh, nowadays to get like, hey, we need to offer all these add-ons and additions. Remember, preserve the core which always helps to stimulate progress. Great organizations understand the difference between their core values and purpose and operating strategies and cultural practices. Um, And then great businesses get a return on luck. Uh, Great companies are not generally luckier. Instead, they get a higher return on their luck, making more of their luck than others. That's squeezing every ounce of lemon juice out of a lemon. The The critical question is not, Will you get luck? But what will you do with the luck when you do get it? 
So you always want to shoot for superior results. In business, performance is defined by financial results. That's reality. What's our, what's our gross? What's our net? What's our margin? What's the EBITDA? All of this matters in, in business. This is, how we, um, this is how we look at things in regard to success in business. Return on invested ca- capital. Um, an achievement of corpus, corporate purpose. Um, you must achieve top results. That's the reality in business. Think of a sports team. Uh, the, the team that wins the championship is the most successful team. That's what we want to do in business. We want to be the championship team. We want to be the Bulls of the 80s and 90s. We want to be the Patriots, even though I hate the Patriots, of the 2000s, 2020s. We want to be that championship business. So we're looking for championships and superior results. We want to have distinctive impact. A truly great enterprise makes such a unique contribution to the communities it touches and does its work with such unadulterated excellence that if it were to disappear, it would leave a gaping hole that could not be easily filled by any other institution on the planet. If your organization went away, who would miss you and why? So remember, this does not require being big. Uh, Remember the old adage, if you're big, appear small. If you're small, appear big. Size with organization actually can be a bad thing in the, in, the, um, in the grand scheme of things. Big organizations are inherently wasteful. So this does not mean being a big organization, having um, locations all across the country, which can be an advantage, or having 30, 40, or 50 employees when you can get it done with 10, 15 less. Think of a small, fabulous local restaurant that would be terribly missed if it disappeared. Big does not equal great, and great does not equal big. Remember, big does not equal great. And then lasting endurance. A truly great organization prospers over a long period of time. Beyond any great idea, um, leader, market opportunity, technology cycle, or well-funded program. When clobbered by setbacks, it finds a way to bounce back stronger than before. Good to great is never done. We're never great. We're never great. We're always trying to make changes and iterations to be great, but we're never great. No matter how far we have gone or how much uh, we've achieved, we are merely good relative to what we can do next. So those are the outputs of greatness. Think of in superior results, distinctive impact, and lasting endurance. Now, I'm going to show you some examples of flywheels that I built for my own business. So here's my flywheel for Nozak Consulting. Select best fit clients. We get leads all the time that we build scopes for, and I know in my heart that they are not good fits. They can't afford the amount of work that has to be done for them. We have to do more for them, and they don't have the budget. So it's my job to make sure we fit. We select the best fits. Some business styles are not the best fit. Believe it or not, that it, some SaaSs are such great fits. Some e-commerces are such great fits. But local businesses, regional businesses, and lat- national businesses and franchises are amazing fits for what we do. Um, so you want to f- make the select or, or select the best fit for what how your organization is built. But then while we're selecting those best fits, I have to build and modify my team to fulfill the strategy that I've designed for these best fit clients. So I'm always improving my team, training my team, cross-training my teams. Assess client progress. And it's not at the end of the program, it's early and often. Achieve success with every client. 
That's why you have to select the best fits clients if you're going to have integrity with every customer because some have competition that are way, way stronger. They're in markets that are way more entrenched with competition and it costs so much more money for you to help them to be competitive. That's why you have to select the best fit clients, raise your prices and make sure that you've got a price that makes sense so that you can make them successful or else you go back and destroy your margins on clients just to fulfill your flywheel. And that is a thing. So achieve success every client. Do what it takes. Enhance reputation as a great marketing firm. Rep- replenish new client pipeline. Select best fit clients. Build team to fulfill marketing strategy. Assess client progress early and often. Achieve success every client. Enhance reputation as a great marketing firm. Replenish new client pipeline. That is my flywheel. We also developed a flywheel for our um, SEO clients and SEM clients, our, our retainer clients. So at the beginning of these projects, we scope the competition in the market. We usually try to scope it on a six-month or a 12-month uh, program because things change beyond a year. Um, so scope the competition. See what they're doing, where they're at, what their SWOT analysis is, and where we can be and do better and what our gaps are. Design an effective plan. Where are we going to find these leads, um, these impressions, clicks, leads, and then sales? Uh, what places are we and aren't we and where are our competition? So define, design an effective plan. Execute the plan. Analyze the strategy. Make adjustments. Gain leads and tractions for the customer. Scope the competition and market, right? Because our lifetime value, if it's one year, we're not doing something right. We want our clients to stick with us forever. So each year we want to scope them. Scope the competition. What's changed over that year? What, what, how has Google changed? How has the client improved? What can we take on that has higher keyword difficulty and, and more traction? Design the effective plan. Execute the plan. Analyze the strategy. Make adjustments. Gain leads and tractions for the, traction for the client. We also have a la carte clients that we do video packages for and, and different things just like a web design or, or a content package. And we don't do the whole robust plan. We're not looking at all their uh, traffic sources. We're maybe handling one component of their marketing strategy. And that flywheel is client successes. Whatever that defines success is for that project, we want to have a client success. We're going to execute the marketing, comp- marketing plan components, whatever those components are. If it's a video package, we're going to execute the video package, analyze the success, gain insights from the client, make sure it's exactly as they planned and as they saw it, adjust the marketing component or whatever that piece is, client success, execute the marketing plan component, analyze the success, gain client insights, adjust the marketing component, client success. These are some of our flywheels and though, and so The last thing for you to do is develop your flywheel. Um, That's what I want you to do now, is figure out what your flywheels are. And remember, each piece of that flywheel could have its own flywheel, and we are on a range um, from 1 to 10. How good are we, and how can we improve this? And then we have our teams just start cranking the flywheels. Hey guys, just a few quick things before you go. First, if you've been enjoying the Digital Marketing Lab podcast, please hit subscribe on your podcast device or share it with a friend. Second, if you have any questions that you'd like to hear discussed on the show, please reach out to us, William at NozakConsulting.com or Dave at NozakConsulting.com. And last, but certainly not least, we are now accepting speaking invitations. 
If you have a conference or trade show coming up and you need a guest speaker, please reach out to William at nozakconsulting.com. And as always, thanks for listening.